This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please stop everything you're doing and go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support this show. Five bucks a month, you'll get ad-free episodes and the exclusive bonus episode. Mm -hmm. Hello. Hey, friend. Hi. We're recording this early because, for reasons I will explain in the bonus episode, I'm going to disappear for several days Mm -hmm. and then go off the grid and it'll be wonderful. Mm -hmm. So we're recording early. Yeah. I just saw you like three days ago. I know. And you were... No, I hate seeing you this often. I know. And I know you thought you will have nothing to discuss. And yet I have everything to discuss. And we've had some inflated episodes lately. So I'm very interested to see what else you can come up with. Oh, Oh, there's stuff. Let's, Let's start with 60 Minutes this weekend because the new show ran... A segment about the Mormon church that was welcoming, like, welcome to see and kind of shocking that they actually covered this stuff. Uh Because how often do they necessarily cover all the bad stuff going on with religion? And here's the story that they did. Basically, there's a whistleblower who says the Mormon church is sitting on top of giant Scrooge McDuck money bin amounts of cash that's designated for charity and none of it's really going to charity and he knows it because he's one of the finance guys interesting so it's ostensibly just sitting there making money by existing yeah it's he worked for an investment fund which is not really morally upstanding yeah i mean he's he's not the problem he's a banker he worked on wall street he's like well instead of making money for companies that just want to get richer let me go back home, basically. Let me work for the Mormon church because... Who also in- wants to get richer. Yeah. Well, he's, his thinking was, they're a nonprofit. It's a religion. Yeah. Yeah, they're investing money, but they're investing money because it's meant to go out to places that are not just spreading the religion and mm-hmm. doing the good things, big giant quotation marks, mm-hmm. that the religion wants to do, but it's helping charity. That was his thinking. Like, that's a good cause to work Why for. Why many of us go to no- into nonprofit work and oh, then... Yeah. And, and then you experience it. <laughs> and the thing about this is most of the details that we talked about that were seen in this story mm-hmm. um, have been reported on over the past year or two. We have discussed it on this show. None of this is new. I will run through the history of what's been going on here. Mm-hmm. What 60 Minutes did is basically put a face to the story that's been in the news for people who still know how to read (laughs) and choose to do it. (laughs) And they got the Mormon church, a representative from the church, on record of like, what the hell are you people doing? So, so I want to talk about that too. Defect, or is he just being transparent? He's, like he says he's being transparent. Okay. He, as far as I know, he's still a Mormon. Okay. And he does he not see any problem with what's happening? Oh no the the guy who whistle blew. Oh, he's the whistleblower. I'm he's so the whistleblower. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I missed that. So here's that the backstory here. In 2019, wow. a guy named David Nielsen. He is the Mormon who worked for their uh, investment firm. He worked for a company called Ensign Peak, E-N-S-I-G-N-P-E-A-K. Fancy business name, but basically this is the investment bank that run that oversees all the money that goes into the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. He worked for them as a senior portfolio manager. And in 2019, basically it was leaked that he had submitted some documents to the IRS, basically 
I'm quoting from the Wall Street Journal, accuses church leaders of misleading members and possibly breaching federal tax rules by stockpiling their surplus donations instead of using them for charitable works. Mm -hmm. He also claimed that they were church leaders were using the tax exempt donations Mm -hmm. to prop up a pair of for profit businesses. Okay, so now we're into you. Fraud territory. Yeah, so there's some shady stuff going on, and he let the IRS know about it, and somehow this leaked to the Wall Street Journal, which Uh posted about this back in 2019. Basically, David Nielsen and his brother... uh, I'm sorry, I said Wall Street Journal. This is the Washington Post. Nielsen and his brother Lars basically let the Washington Post use their real names in the article. Mm. They got wind of some of the documents, and what they were saying is basically the bottom line is all the tithe money that's coming into the church because everyone's obligated to mm-hmm. give 10% of their income, it's designated for charity. That's why it's exempt from taxes. Right. But these guys were saying it's not being used for, quote, religious, educational, or charitable activities, mm-hmm. which is what the IRS says. That's what the money is supposed to be used for. And the two times that it went for for-profit businesses, one was to bail out, they said, a church-run insurance company did we cover that? We, didn't, we it was a while ago. It was a while ago. Church insurance companies. And another it? time, it was for a church-owned shopping mall. Sure, just like Jesus yeah. wanted. And here's the difference. We've talked about church-run insurance companies, like shady, faith-based. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not that. This is just like straight up, they have an insurance company and the church owns it. And you wouldn't possible? know because they're trying to make money. It's like investing in a sports team or something. I just, I mean, it's just so... Just in and of itself, these people are so fucking cynical. Like, truly, the I, I just cannot look past the absolute cynicism of working to manage a portfolio of churches or whatever he's fucking doing. The entire Mormon everything. Everything. And you're not even doing the one thing you're supposed to be doing, which well, is giving out... The money that you collect, like he's arguing, no, no, no. Some money did go out to where they said it was supposed to go. That's not what I'm saying, but not the amount that it's supposed to be. But like, how can you be uh, John Mormon, whoever's the the Mormon Church these days? Yeah, it's John Mormon who is aware. Like, how can they, in the same brain, hold the fact that they are Mormons and they're supposed to help their community and they're so brave and they wear their their shirts buttoned up so fucking high? But also, I am going to illegally sit on this money because I'm going to make more money on the interest it earns me than I perceive the good it will do out in the world. Right. And that's the question 60 Minutes wanted to ask the church as well. So we will get to that. Are you an asshole or are you an idiot? Which one is We will get to that question. When this allegation came out from from the Nielsens, um, it was so damning that the guy at the time, his name is Jeff Green, he was... probably still is the richest man in utah uh he's a tech guy worth about five billion dollars he literally submitted his resignation to the mormon church specifically citing what those whistleblowers said in his letter um and then this year february Mm -hmm. of this year we learned that the securities and exchange commission the sec had conducted an investigation looking at 20 years worth of filings made by Ensign Peak on behalf of the church. Uh And here's the thing, without getting too technical, because I don't know what I'm talking about. Investment managers who hold over $100 million in assets Mm -hmm. are supposed to report their stock holdings every quarter. There's a special form you can use Mm -hmm. to do it. The firm, however, did not fill out that specific form. They used 
13, I'm quoting here, 13 shell corporations with addresses located throughout the United States. New Hampshire, I bet. (laughs) Which allowed the true wealth of the Mormon church to remain hidden from its most devout members. Because instead of saying the Mormon church has like X amount of dollars, it's like, oh yeah, Riverhead over here has a ton of money. What's Riverhead? Well, no one's going to ask because why would you know what that is? And they're trying to conceal it from their own parishioners. It looked like that's what they were doing. Cool, cool, Um, cool. This is a good religion. (laughs) From the SEC. Former Ensign Peak president Roger Clark said he believed church leaders were concerned that public knowledge of the fund's wealth Mm. might discourage tithing. How can you be good without God, though? (laughs) He said the church was concerned that members might view the firm's holdings as endorsements and try to buy the stocks the church owned. The church. Why is the church in the stockholding game? They want to make money. Church. The church was aware of Ensign Peak's misleading disclosures, the SEC said, and oh. church leaders, uh, church officials wanted to avoid disclosure of the amount and nature of their financial assets. So they Here's knew. what's frustrating. What's really frustrating about this. Mm. Because the SEC, because it's the government, because it's limited in what it can do, um, they settled the case with Ensign Peak for being so shady for how much money? Oh, my God. Five million dollars. And what's the uh, the difference there between yeah. what they earned and what they had to pay? That's How? the right question. Oh. I will answer that for you. Ensign Peak had to pay four million dollars, and the Mormon Church itself said we'll pay a one million dollar penalty. Can somebody explain to me why we think penalizing a company f- with a penalty that's less than what they earned? is anything like if you commit a crime or fraud or whatever, anything you made on the top of that is gone. You know, it should be. It's like Donald Trump with the E. Jean Carroll case or whatever. Like he owes her 5 million or $6 million. Like he won't notice any of that gone. How is he going to, it's not going to hurt him. Or he only has $35 in his checking account. Like the rest of us. (laughs) Here's the thing. If Ensign Peak managed, $32 $32 billion in assets, which is like the floor of what they could have had. It was probably much more. $5 million, we're talking 0.016%. That'll That's learn them. a small fraction of one percentage. And it's nothing. It's nothing. And you tell everybody the punishment you no. got from us, <laughs> and they'll never cross us again. Mormon church officials at the time, this is earlier this year, They released a statement saying the church's (laughs) senior leadership received and relied upon legal counsel when it approved of the use of the external companies to make the filings, saying, don't blame us for the shell companies. Our lawyers told us to do it. Like, we had nothing to do with it. We're just idiots. We We were so busy praying. We didn't even look at the billions and billions of holdings (laughs) that our church has. Because I was praying. They also said, we have worked with the SEC for years to come to this settlement. We reached resolution and chose not to prolong the matter. Yeah, you guys are the real heroes here. (laughs) With the announcement of the order, the matter is closed. Okay, so here's the thing. After that minor hit... According to the Salt Lake Tribune, the Mormon church seemed to be doing just fine. Like, none of it hurt them. The latest SEC filing valued the amount of money Ensign Peak was holding on behalf of the Mormon church at $44.4 billion at the end of 2022. Sure. Oh, wait. And topping their list of public holdings was stakes worth more than a billion dollars in Apple, a billion dollars in Microsoft, 
and more than a billion dollars in two types of shares in Alphabet, the company that owns Google. Like, they're just using this money to invest in tech firms and stuff. How is this shit legal? Yeah. What the fuck is the point of anything right now? How is it that, like, my husband and I had to pay $1,000 back in taxes this past year, and these motherfuckers are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have $44 billion. Oh, a million. Oh, oh, a million dollars. That's so much. Oh, I guess. But I want you to notice. You're taking money away from good Mormons. I want you to know we're the bigger person because we <laughs> chose not to drag this out. Yeah. So take this million dollars again 0.01% of our shit, and thank me for it. Right. And here's the thing. I fucking if hate these people. The only people who might come away with that response, which is the right response, are the people who have followed this case for several years, ever since Mormon leaks first shared some of these documents in 2018. Mm, but how many Mormon people leaks. are looking at those documents? How many people are talking about it and reading, like, ex-Mormon forums? Right. And then even reading mainstream media reporting on what's been going on. Very few. So the question is, like, if the Mormon church was afraid that publicizing how much money they're sitting on Mm -hmm. uh, might discourage tithing, it's entirely possible it did not. Because how many practicing Mormons followed this and accepted the reporting for what it was? We don't know. Isn't it mandatory tithing? So how the fuck is it going to affect it? I mean, either you'd leave the church or you just keep fucking Well, how many people left the church because of this? We don't know, right? That's my point. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if people left the church because of this, because there was no actual, like, problem here, because even if their fucking population halves over the next year, they still have $44 billion to cushion their fall. Oh, yeah, yeah. No one's, you're right. No one's upset about the church as an institution. Does this include their, like, real estate holdings, too? It includes all the money they have, I believe. Now, 60 Minutes over the weekend, uh, Sharon Alfonsi was the reporter. She spoke with David Nielsen, the original kind of whistleblower behind this who I thought came across as sympathetic, deeply concerned about what the church was doing, did not seem to be like some guy with a grudge, Mm -hmm. but a devoted Mormon who's like, I think church leaders are straying from Mm -hmm. the stated mission, which I accept, but they're not doing it. Now, here's what I want to talk about. I don't have clips of this because it would take half the show. Like, it would take a while, but... What was damning about this segment on 60 Minutes is that they did interview Christopher, uh, I don't know if it's Waddell or Waddell, but his title is First Counselor in the Presiding Bishopric. Basically, there's three... Bishopric? I don't know. There are three dudes, Mormon guys, who kind of oversee all the finances, and he's one of them. Mm. His name is Chris. And basically, the reporter asked him over and over, like, what the hell is the church doing? Like, giving him a chance to respond to these allegations. Um, Like, for example, what's the deal with the insurance company you bailed out and the mall you bailed out? And here's what he said. The church actually owned Beneficial Life, and fortunately, the church had the resources to bail out Beneficial Life during the financial crisis in 2008-2009. As in, like, That's not, they were struggling so during the recession, and we, we helped them. Right. He's restating what they said. And she's like, and the mall? The mall was not a bailout. The mall was an investment. Mm. And are you receiving returns on the investment? Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah. That was his response to that. Okay. How much money is Ensign Peak holding on behalf of the church? Because, like... Can you tell us the amount they actually have Mm -hmm. in storage? She said, what's the value right now of Ensign Peak's assets? Yeah, that's something I can't share with you right now. 
Isn't that public knowledge? It's not because it's really? a church. They can hide anything oh, they you want. Keep calling it ensign, but what you're right. talking about is the Mormon church. Yep. And then she's like, it's been estimated at 150 billion. Does that sound correct? Mm. To which he says, that's an estimate that some have made. Are we in the ballpark or no? We have significant resources. Unquote. Cool. That's his response. He you could've... had all of the time in the world to plan <laughs> your response to that. And, in, and instead you're like, yeah, I mean, do I you, guess. Do you realize if Real they were holding, polished, if they were holding on to $149 billion, he could have said, that is an overestimate. That is absolutely false. We do not have that kind of money in our account. So you think and it's he would an have hundred. Yeah. He would have been 100% honest mm. in saying all that. So you think he's getting away with something because it's actually significantly less than... I think he's not saying it's $150 billion or he doesn't want to confirm that because it's at least that yeah. much. And like, what are... Why can't you say... Okay, whatever. I'm just mad. Then she asked how much of the money is being used for charity as intended. That's a fair question, right? Yeah. Give me a percentage. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the dollar amount, because if they say, we gave $30 million to a charity for, mm. what, what, like, that's nothing to you. Tell me percentages here. Anyway, she asked, give us a, sen- a sense of what percentage is going out the door of the money under management. Which it should be all of, right? More or less? I mean, it should be a good chunk of it. I mean, obviously, you need to, like, even with a nonprofit, you need to have, like, a cash store in place. Sure, But $150 billion does not a cash store make. I will read you his his response in full. To be honest, we've never looked at it as a percentage. We looked at it based on needs to make sure that we're comfortable with how many years worth we have in case of financial difficulties. In case of financial crisis to make sure we can continue church operations. We just want to make sure that that's sufficient. How many years do you think the church can run off $150 billion? Did you do the math? Oh, oh yeah, I definitely thought about the math. The answer is ever, forever. It's all the time that the universe will be alive. Really? Like, yeah, how much money do they need? This is not a rainy day fund. This is like a rainy couple millennia, and then maybe you still have billions left over. Uh, So... Okay, wait, did you did you look at how much it cost or do we know we don't know how much it costs to run the Mormon church because it's a church and it's we don't church have that and information. They can be opaque. Do you re- I mean realize some evangelical non-denominational like mega churches mm-hmm. they hide how much money they take in from their own congregation. Like these guys are doing. Like these guys are doing writ large with the entire church. And the thing is like it's one thing if you're part of a church and you're like, "Well, I'm a member. I give to you. I would like to know where my money's going." And they're like, Haha, "No. Well, how much is my pastor? making uh, we, we hide that from you we don't tell anybody about hmm. that and that's shady enough yeah to do that on this scale is what like if and think about this let's say you magically won a hundred billion dollars in the lottery Finally. with with the caveat that you gotta give a bunch of it to charity oh how millions. fast could you like Mackenzie bezos right now Truly. is like quickly giving it away and even she has like I mean, it's... lulls in the thing because she's trying to figure out where to give it mm-hmm. and she can't give it away fast enough mm-hmm. is what she said because she keeps making more from the investments mm-hmm. and stuff like that and the point is like again to write this off as well we just want to make sure we're okay in case of financial difficulties that doesn't even say what so percentage they're giving away 
It's so condescending. It's so like, um, you don't know how business is. So, sweetie, this <laughs> is how we have to, you know, we need to keep money for a rainy day. Fun. Like, it's so condescending as if this reporter is going to be like, oh, sure, so $150 billion. Yeah, that sounds right. Like, that. how many countries is that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like half like of Eastern Europe. It's like four of them. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Then she asked, finally, like, what about the idea that secrecy builds mistrust? That's right. Like saying you don't want to tell me. Yeah. Here's his answer. Oh, boy. Well, we don't feel it's being secret. We feel it's being concealed. Confidential. See, it's not secret. Fuck this guy. It's confidential. I hate these dudes. She says, what's the difference? Yeah. To which she says, the difference is long pause. I guess it's a point of view. It, it's it's confidential in order to maintain the focus on what our purpose is and what the mission of the church it's is. To make rather, more and more and more and more money. Rather than the church has X amount of money. Then she says, but don't you agree this would be a non-issue if there was more transparency? Mm-hmm. To which she says, no. Because then everybody would be telling us what they wanted us to do with the money. Yeah, that's the fucking <laughs> point of it, dog. They want you to give to charity like you promised. That's what it was for. So what? this guy is like He's the, the hoi polloi who gave us their hard-earned money. Those fucking idiots. They are going to want to, quote-unquote, participate and have a, quote-unquote, say in their community. And They're going to say, why say don't you help the goes. poor? Why don't oh you help God, kids in hospitals? Suckers. Don't they realize there's a mall that we need to prop up? And like, It's tr- where the future of honestly, commerce is. I don't know why we should be surprised because, like, when you see these Mormon buildings, like, between Mormonism and Scientology, these, like, fucking palaces they construct to themselves... Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot look at one of those buildings and be like, yeah, this place is doing really good works. It's like the fucking Catholic Church. Like, yeah, go in the Vatican and be like, oh, yeah, these guys are have really taken a vow of poverty. <laughs> like, <laughs> these fucking people. It's just am, capitalists. I am it's amazed. It's just capitalists using any other hat to be capitalists. That Waddell here, he's the guy the church sent out to do this interview. He's the best they had to offer That's in response. such a good I looked, the ex-Mormon subreddit had a field day with all of this. This is my favorite comment. The church asked us throughout our most vulnerable years if we masturbated. We have every right to ask them how they spent our money. Woo! That's a good one. (laughs) And on Monday of this week, right after 60 Minutes aired, uh, the Mormon church released a short statement Mm. uh, about the segment. Mm -hmm. Here's the relevant part of what they said. It's unfortunate 60 Minutes sought to elevate a story based on unfounded allegations by a former employee who has a different view on how the church should manage its resources. His different view, by the way, Nielsen's, is that the money should go to charity. And his unsubstantiated view is based on the fact that he managed that money. He managed that money and had documents proving that Uh it went where it went. But it was unsubstantiated. And the SEC looked at the documentation and they're like, you need to settle now. And the the church is like, yes. the Mormon church said that they're unfounded. So who do we believe? I know, I know. It's so hard to say. And what's unfounded? They didn't say what was unfounded. Is the 150 billion unfounded? Because they didn't correct that. Is the accusation that you're not sending it to charity unfounded? Because I feel like objectively, that's pretty hard to argue. The church has repeatedly had They've had years now to set the record straight, but Mm. they are sticking with the confidential 
argument here. And and they're going to until, like you said, until people either stop tithing or stop showing up. And that's the thing. Like, church. if you are a practicing but Mormon, so many babies all the uh-huh. time. If you're a practicing Mormon, save the money for your babies Truly. and don't give it to the church. And like, I'm not asking you to ditch God. I wish you would. You're not. I don't care. I'm not asking you to like leave your faith. I am saying your money is not being used the way you think it is. And if that matters to you, mm-hmm. there are better charities you could give it to if you still want to adhere to that principle. You could give it to a place that makes a difference. But if you're giving it to your church, all they're doing is hoarding the cash instead of using it to help people like they said they were going to. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. It's just, I'm glad that story got the exposure it deserved after all these years. I should point out, this is the one thing that I think church supporters have tried to levy against Dan Nielsen, the, the whistleblower. It's that if the IRS says, ensign P, like the church is doing something super shady, you know how we sometimes say the IRS isn't going after evangelical churches when they uh, endorse a candidate from the pulpit, they uh-huh. should lose their tax exempt status mm-hmm. because they actually owe taxes to the government for playing the game that they did. Right. If the IRS says Ensign Peak has to pay taxes on the money it is hoarding because the church is not doing what it said it would do to honor its nonprofit commitment, then, then Nielsen, the whistleblower, stands to gain a lot of money, like 30% of whatever the government recovers. And if they pay, because he's the whistleblower. Wow. And given the amount of money we are talking about, we are talking a shit ton of money. That would go right into his pocket. So this is the argument levied against him, that he's doing this to get rich or something because he has a grudge against the church. To which I was just argue, so what? If he said, he doesn't get any money for making an allegation. He gets money if the allegation proves to be accurate Mm -hmm. and the government recovers all the funding. Mm -hmm. And then they say, well, here's your reward. It's a cut of it. In order to get that money, you You would have had to go through the whole process. Yeah, you need to have that information you're not just gonna get you're not gonna just like literally go in there and like blow an air horn they're like oh here you go right. here's five billion dollars so like that he's not getting any of it unless the allegations are true and if the allegations are true we got bigger problems and than also any here's the thing if he does get rewarded for his good behavior that's a good thing at this point i trust what he would do with right? that money more right. than what exactly the mormon what church thinking. is doing with the money so like, what a, what a terrible, terrible argument. Like, oh, he just wants to get back at the Mormon church. Like, no, he wants to do the right thing. And the fact that those two things happen to align is not is neither here nor there. Either way, he's doing the correct thing. So who gives a shit why? Yeah, amazing. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer 
plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. I'm going to jump to a different uh, denomination here, the Southern Baptist Conventions, because we actually got some good news uh, this week. According to something called the Annual Church Profile, which is compiled by Lifeway Christian Resources, which is Lifeway, which is an arm of the SBC, like their own research organization, puts out this annual church profile every year saying, how healthy is the church? How many members do we have? How many buildings? All that stuff. How many baptisms? Like a financial, just numbers overall. Numbers overall, not finances, because like the Mormon church, they don't have to tell you anything about money. So here's the article from Lifeway Research. um, And here's the part that I actually care about. The current total membership of Southern Baptist congregations is, I'm going to round here, $13.2 million uh, people, 13.2 million people down from 13.7 million people in 2021. Mm -hmm. The 457,371 members lost Mm -hmm. is the largest single-year numerical drop in more than 100 years. Which is interesting because I looked back at what they wrote in 2020 in June. So this is covering a time period before the pandemic. Uh And their headline at that time, the decline of 287,655 members is the largest single year drop in more than 100 years. Uh These are just, for them, historic falls year after year after year, which is amazing. So basically, largest single drop in 100 years again and again. Mm. Um, And here's what's important to know. In 2021, there were 13.7 million Southern Baptists. In 2022, which is what we have numbers for now, that number dropped to 13.2 million. Mm -hmm. In 2003, their height, they had 16.3 million. So they are dropping every year. COVID did not help because people couldn't go to church and then didn't feel a need to go back to go to uh, right. go back to church yeah. then you have older members dying off southern baptists That's aren't known for bringing in the kids um there are fewer young people to replace do them do you have an age spread for um the SBC now old i don't it, have a specific old. old spread it's not I mean, it's not shifting younger it's staying old it is not shifting younger they still are well for them. a religion that is older people overall which is true for just about every religion to be honest sure. now here's the spin <laughs> that uh scott mcconnell executive director of lifeway research here's the spin he tried to put on it he said we're just catching up on record keeping catching up is his phrase we're catching up on record keeping and cleaning up the membership roles by getting rid of people quote who stopped part participating in an individual congregation years ago. Doesn't count if you say you're so Southern Baptist. So they're saying they're purging their own roles. They're purging their own roles, which so is why... we wanted to do this. This is yes. a purpose, just like our plan. Which means, I'm very curious, he's trying to ward off any criticism of for this year, but that means Spitting stick it. around for next year, because mm. what happens if they have another drop? Because now you can't attribute it to cleaning out the roles and just sure. right because now point. you've already done that mm-hmm. so what explains why people are still leaving well, they do continue dying <laughs> as they want to do their membership wow. is just declining now so like they tried to celebrate the fact that we had more people baptized which no one 
cares about because right. that's babies a, are idiots. You can baptize yeah. them anywhere. <laughs> you can baptize whoever you want. They don't even know. But this was an interesting number from Ryan P. Birch, the sociologist. He said in 2012, for every member the SBC lost, they had three baptisms. So three new people kind of joining the fold. Yeah, in theory. In 2022, Uh-oh. there were 2.7 members lost for every baptism. Wow. So for every new person they're bringing in, they're still, he said, quote, that math just ain't mathin'. So, yeah, they can baptize all the people they want. The cup is still leaking faster than they can refill it. And in case you're wondering, like, so why are all these people leaving the Southern Baptist Convention? Obviously, they did not. (laughs) That's exactly it. What was 2002? You said the height? 2003 was the height, and they had 16.3 million members. And we're down to? Now we're down to 13.2 million. And okay, so like, it's I'm guessing 13 of those million are like older than 90. I don't know. That's a guess. Okay. Um, now, what's causing the exodus? They didn't go into that because they're just looking at raw numbers. Yeah. But just to give you yeah, we can speculate. Uh, speculation <laughs> here, we have rising secularization throughout the country. People mm-hmm. ditching any organized religion for no religion. You have children of Southern Baptists choosing to leave the faith because they're comfortable doing it. There are stories that have come out about sexual abuse cover-ups within Southern Baptist churches. Over the past few years, we've seen black pastors in the SBC leave the denomination. Mm. So have high-profile members. Rick Warren, the pastor who's probably one of the most famous Southern Baptist preachers in the country, Mm -hmm. ordained female pastors against the SBC's wishes, only to have his entire church get booted from the SBC altogether. Um, Virgin the rolls, Hemet. Yeah, right? (laughs) And now, I should say, his church announced this week they're going to appeal that decision. I don't think it'll go anywhere. We also talked about the president of the SBC right now. His name is Bart Barber. He appeared on 60 Minutes last October to defend the denomination and present this, like, compassionate, I feel free, very Clinton-esque, like, I feel Mm -hmm. your pain side of the story. Mm -hmm. And even in that interview, which I should say, he came off looking if you want to, like he came off looking decent yeah. and like a good guy trying to lead this organization. Even in that interview, he's like, should a 10 year old be forced to have her rapist babies? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And then no notes. <laughs> he also promoted conversion torture, conversion therapy. He said people in a same sex marriage could not possibly be a good Christian. He denied the existence of trans people. And he said, well, I didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016. And they're like, what about 2020? Yeah, I voted for uh, Donald Trump. That's, shifty eyes, shifty eyes, shifty eyes. <laughs> that's the best they could come up with from the SBC. Is I didn't vote for Trump the first time, but I, I waited till he did four second. years worth of crazy I saw shit. What he had to do, and yeah. I was like, two yes. impeachments later. Well, one impeachment, one later, impeachment later, I was like, yep, oh, I'm no. all in the racism. I love it. Um, so, <laughs> what does he does he have any ideas of why it's going going? Because like, I have when, not seen his response to the declining membership data. Um, I'm sure his oh, response is the same. Oh, you said this is 60 minutes from a year ago. Sorry. That was I, from I, a year ago. Right. He didn't respond to that, up. but he knows why people are leaving and why they're frustrated. And he's like, we're we're doing our best to make sure abuses Here's responded my to. Yeah. Oh. By yes. the way, next month when the SBC meets for its annual convention, there's mm-hmm. a good possibility Bart Barber, the compassionate conservative, if you will, uh. will be replaced by a guy named Mike Stone, who is basically a, a crazy conservative. Mm-hmm. Like, they're only going to push it more in the extremist direction, which I suspect would only 
alienate even more of the people who might right now be on the fence. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, you asked about numbers. I yeah. do have some numbers for you. They said, and I don't know how much other money they have, they said they took in over $9.9 billion in 2022. $9.9 billion. So if all these people are leaving, uh, it's not like they're starving either. Right. But their fear is that people are going to leave. That means our coffers are not going to get replenished. We have to dip into these funds, which, again, yeah, you'll be our fine. Our $150 billion. I hope we can make it. <laughs> hope we can make it for, yeah. I okay. mean, man, I'm just, just Wait, a billion dollars You is said all something quickly. I, yeah. I, I want to circle back on it. Do you think the primary driver of the like primary exodus driver of young people is the abuse scandals? For why they're leaving the Southern Baptist Convention uh-huh. specifically? I wish I had an answer to that. I don't know if that's the primary reason they're leaving. I think the biggest thing is just the overall trend away from organized religion yeah. and not one damning thing about the religion because yeah. it's not a new story. Yeah, okay, I agree. Because when he had said um, abuse, I just thought that was interesting because in my mind, it's always... I mean, obviously, the abuse thing has always the abuse piece of it has always been intertwined and, you know, It's like leaving the Catholic Church today because of abuse. It's like, buddy, that's been around for a long time. I'm glad you're doing it. But I I would argue that more than the the mishandled abuse, which is not to say that's not horrible and tragic, but I just think that this this anti-gate, and we talk about this all the time, this anti-gate thing, even in some places is anti-trans bullshit, Mm -hmm. the abortion stuff, like, we are no longer in a world where m- there are people who have, like, quote-unquote, never met a gay person, right? Like, these, they're visible in And never in our met lives. a non-Christian. Right. right. And they're visible in our lives. They're visible in our media. And you cannot keep calling somebody a boogeyman when, A, they're objectively not doing, any, like, truly the best thing they can come up with is the drag show, like, story hour thing. That's the worst thing they can come up with, which right. is n- a nothing thing. Because the reality is all of the abuse that's happening is in churches and under these patriarchal places where the men are protected over the women and children and, and boys and men who are abused. Um, it reminds me of those Republicans who blame cities like Chicago. Like, your murder rates are insane. No one wants to live in blue cities. It's like, where's the murder rate higher, in a blue city or a red state? Mm-hmm. And the answer is always a red state. Oh, I mean, honestly, I recently saw some charts of, like, life, expect- life yeah. expectancy across the country. And in the South, it plummets. And it's fucking sad. It's sad because it is... It doesn't is, have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. They, We don't have to keep doing this draconian bullshit for no specific reason. They like, vote for it. It's it, it, like, is it just... And I know, I get annoyed when any time says this, but is it just like a maintenance of the status quo of like nobody wants any big upheaval and so they're willing to kind of take their lumps now and then. Part of it is they like Republicans. They've always voted Republican. They, they just ass- black people. They hate queer. Like they truly. assume Democrats are all whatever caricature you hear about mm. on right wing propaganda networks. And part of it is just reflex. Most people, most yeah. people do not care about politics. Maybe they vote in a presidential election mm-hmm. and even then they're low information voters. Right. And so if you just say some shit, about someone like Joe Biden or whoever, insert Democrat here, there are plenty of people who will believe it, and then they go to churches like this where they're surrounded by other people. There's always one loud asshole who just dominates, like, yeah. 
who's AOC is everything. It's like, you can't recite any one of her policies. Uh, truly, like, <laughs> they don't know and they don't really care. The, Ryan Birch, who I mentioned as analyzing some of this data, mm-hmm. saying the baptism versus people uh, entering and leaving and stuff, he actually pointed out, like, the biggest change happening demographically is this drop in church membership and a rise in non-religious voters and atheists, mm. even though we are a small fraction of white evangelicals, mm. atheists are more politically active mm, overall true. than white evangelicals are. Mm. And if our numbers, not atheists, but the non-religious side, if those numbers start to grow, mm. that could be a huge benefit for Democrats because Republicans are just losing their most fervent, dependable base. Right. And so those numbers are shifting in the right direction. The question mm-hmm. is how long it'll take sure. and whether, you know, more pe- just because more people ditch religion, ditch organized religion, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they are part of that atheist, right. active right. group that supports politicians, generally liberal politicians. Right. So interesting to see, Very sign of things to come. Uh, let me give you something happy and enjoyable to talk about for a second. I'm suspicious. Um, and by that, I just mean you'll be able to make fun of it a little Yay! bit. Um, there is a Christian prophet, so-called prophet. He wants to be called a prophet. Um, his name is Hank Kahneman, and he There's recently never been a prophet named Hank. Mm, he's a preacher named Hank, and he's in Nebraska. And he Paul was recently Judas and Hank. Yep, he was doing a taping of a right-wing show called Flashpoint Live oh. in Nashville, and he delivered More a like speech. Flashpoint Live, am I right? Mm, no. And he delivered a short diatribe. I'm going to play it for you because it, it was so dumb it made me laugh. Okay. Um, and it's not funny. It's not funny. It's depressing. But his argument is that climate change is not anything we need to worry about because really climate change is just God's way of telling us which Bible verses we should be reading. Oh, I can't wait. All right. So this is, this is about a minute long. Have fun. Enjoy this. Here's and there Hank. will be temperatures Whoop. that will reach for a season in the hundreds. And it will be as though it would be 103. And you will say, what is this? And God says, do you not know Psalm 103? Forget not my benefits. And it will be 106 and 107. God says, do you not understand that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever? And then they will say, but God, what is this about 105? And God says, do you know that thy led the people out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble as I delivered a nation and then they will say what is this that has reached 118 and God says it is a sign Hosanna Hosanna blessed is the Lord who comes to save and I have come to save this nation at this time God says they will be shaken and some will even be removed even as one called Tucker I don't know. I stopped there. As one called yeah. Tucker, like Carlson? Yeah. One called Tucker. Come that down. was a separate part of his uh, sermon there. I just want to remind you, there are 150 chapters in Psalms. <laughs> he could have gone I mean. for a while. This guy is saying if the temperature reaches 118 degrees, which is bonkers... Uh, don't I mean, worry. it wouldn't matter. It's I just would be God's, I mean, we're all, we'll be Yeah, we will have melted... Um, <laughs> It's a sign Fuck from God. Um, and by the way, this That's is assuming, grim. as Gunnaman does, that we're talking about degrees Fahrenheit because most of the world is not doing that. I mean, and why Psalms? Because it goes up to 150, and that's his little game Oh, is that game the only 
book. I that don't goes think there's another that one high. that goes up that like, high. What if it's Deuteronomy? I want to know what those all say. Deuteronomy stops at like thirty something. Gang, the only reason I know Deuteronomy is because of cats. <laughs> Deuteronomy. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> but implicit in that little rant there is this notion: we don't have to do anything to combat climate change. We don't need to worry about it. It's just God sending a sign. Changing temperatures aren't a real problem. So, Apparently, God never wants us to read lower chapters sure. in any of the books. What happens if like it Genesis gets to be like negative doesn't 10? Matter. Doesn't matter. What's he telling us then? Nothing is what What's God What's before is Psalms? Maybe it's like the 10th <laughs> to the last before yeah, Psalms. Yeah, we started it's Psalms. It's like Acts or whatever. God, I'm really tapping out on all of my Bibles. Yeah. Like um, the freezing point is Psalms 1 or... I don't right. know. Right. Oh, what a... I don't know. The flip side of that... argument. Well, and the other, the other thing is like... I can do that with fucking anything. Like, oh, look it, it's um eight oh nine Psalm eight verse nine. Yeah. What like what you can that fucking is what these do that do. with any one of his buddies who was I don't know if he was on stage. Uh, he might have been that very same Where's event. This uh, this guy, this uh, was in Nashville, but he's Nashville, from Nebraska. Right. But another guy has done this thing where he holds up like the college football championship was yesterday. The score was whatever, 38 to 14. And if you look at that verse in the Bible and then he just keeps talking and it's like, oh, yeah, the score of the football game was really a message from God. Have you ever? heard? Why of, didn't you bet on the game, buddy? Have you ever heard of the movie The Number 23? I promise this will be relevant. No. It was a Jim Carrey flick from like. 2007, maybe? No, maybe 2004 or 5. Um, I think around there. And it is just about a guy who begins to see the pattern of 23. Number 23? Yeah, 23 uh-huh. everywhere in his life. But the problem is he's like, well, the number, uh, like the way they get to 23 is like, okay, well, your name is Hemet. H-E-M-E-N-T uh-huh. is anything. six. And then H is the third letter right. of the So you multiply it by that, boom, 23. You can pick and choose anything it's you just, want there. And it's genuinely the worst movie I've ever seen. I absolutely recommend you guys watch it. But it's tr- like just watching this guy, like, and even in the premise of the movie, watching this dude be like, okay, look at, see that phone number? The first letter is there. The first number is this. And then if you add the second numbers to the first number, 23. And it's like, well, yeah, 23 is a pretty common number. I would say it's like top 23 most common numbers. Like, you're going to find it if you're going to be like, okay, Joel got J-O-E-L. Okay, J is seven. Yeah, you can like, play this game with anything at any time. And that's the reason no one should take it We are a pattern-seeking people. It is how we have gotten yep. this far in the world. And now we have gone too far. <sighs> Sometimes right. there's not patterns. I'm jumping to Canada. Um, in this, Can I come? No. We're in the town of Norwich. This is in southwestern Ontario. Okay. Uh, Christians don't run the government there, but there's enough of them in this particular township that they could basically get whatever they want. That sounds familiar. And what's interesting is, you know how we've talked about blue laws in some states where you can't sell alcohol yeah, 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 on yeah. a Sunday morning? Indiana for a long church. time, you couldn't buy booze on Sunday? Uh-huh. Several states Oh, I have remember. Those I was in college there, my friend. Well, in this part of Ontario, in Norwich... Um, they, and I should say in Canada, they had a national prohibition on, uh, it's called the Lord's Day Act, prohibiting business transactions on Sunday until 1985 when their Supreme Court declared it illegal. Excuse me. I don't know if that applies Did to you everything. Say it might, I don't banned know. banned all transactions? Like, yeah. 
You couldn't shop so, on Sunday. So just everything is shut the fuck down. Don't ask me I to tell gas. you how Colorado, uh, how Canada law works. I don't remember. Or Colorado um, law. I'm reading point. bits and pieces at a time. Okay. But the point is, it wasn't until the 1990s that all the social pressure, like, let us just do shit on Sundays, got the governments to change course. And in Norwich, though, one church that has extensive power in this community has basically shut down the local economy on Sundays. It's called the Netherlands Reformed Congregation, some conservative church that believes all sorts of weird shit. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's not that the law requires businesses to close on Sundays, or even that members of this church refuse to buy anything on Sundays. According to an article in the Canadian press uh, newspaper, Um, This is from a professor who's lived in the city for nearly two decades. He says, there's a big influence here from a certain religious group. I know people that have tried to open businesses and be open on a Sunday, and they've been visited by the (gasps) minister saying, if you stay open on Sunday... You'll be out of business. Oh my God, it's the mob. Yeah. Oh my God, another, I'm writing this movie. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> another Norwich resident uh, said there's a big divide in the town between I'd the church's members to, and others. Uh, happen to your nice fruit stand here. <laughs> and, uh... Another Norwich resident said they will go to businesses in Norwich and tell you to your face, we will not do business with you if you are open on Sunday, like at all. And if you don't get their business because they run a good chunk of the town, it's the mob. Yeah, it's just Jesus. It's the Christian mafia. I'm really into this, actually. I'm glad Christians are finally putting their fists behind their words <laughs> and shaking down small business owners in the exact Truly, way the Jesus of- <laughs> would have wanted. Right. We are going to not support your like. They're so they didn't whiny. even sell Why stuff to gay so people. Fucking whiny about everything just because everybody doesn't do the exact thing they want to do, like. What the fuck? Are you an adult? Haven't you moved through the world accepting that not everybody is going to do the thing you want them to do? And the thing is, these this church in particular has so much power in the community that just last month they have a five member, you know, local city council or whatever. They voted three to two to ban pride flags on municipal property where it was previously fine, Mm. and their justification for doing that is they wanted to quote maintain the unity of the town. Which is a weird Woo! way to say we just need to placate those crazy Christians at that church. Wow, that's such a dog so, whistle, too. Man. Of like, uh, we want to be unified and necessarily you having a identity that is not straight and het is disunifying. Disunifying? Is that the opposite? Sure. Ununifying? No. Disunifying. We'll run with it. Wow, these people are big whiny babies, huh? Oh yeah. Like that's this is my question at this point. Is this people who just got so swept up in their own bullshit and kind of like yes anded each other into oblivion? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like And everyone has to go along with it, otherwise they'll come after you. Yeah, like do, doesn't it fe- it reminds me of like a cult or something like that where it's just you're so isolated, you just kind of yes and each other and like yeah, they're doing this. Yeah, they are. Oh, they're doing their purpose. Yeah, they are. Like just like I think everybody has been in that thing where like ever the like stakes keep getting higher because everyone's like, and then we're gonna plan a trip to Vegas. Like y- you do that, you do. But like these people, oh my god! I hope he wears a little mafia outfit. Listen, I come, I'm a descendant of mafia mafioso, <laughs> so I can talk about it. Um, of course, it's not, it's not um, racist against Italian. Jeez. 
because I am. Here is <laughs> your racist. motherfuckers. Yeah. I can't believe I, it. It's wild. Um, wait, here's what is, a, wait, what's lo- are we done with the story? Yeah. What, what's There's local no resolution. Response? Like There's no response because they didn't say we are demanding your business shuts down. It's like you said, it's more like, oh, you have a nice business here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. And I mean, and businesses are like, well, I guess I'll stay closed on Sunday because I want a business. And like, I'm not pretending I know Canadian law well at all, but is there must be some kind of law against like, not bullying, but what's the big part of like the threats? They're threatening them. They're threatening them. Right? I know it's not bullying, but there's some... Fuck, man, these that idiots. Pressure. You think about the right mafioso word. How do you get so word. far off track from Jesus being like, we should clothe the poor and feed the hungry that's to the, get to the point of, hey, uh... That's our entire podcast every day. I guess. Every week. God, they really lost the plot at some point, didn't oh, they? Oh, completely. Here, I have I have a happy story for you. Actually, happy story for you, at mm, least in the ending. Okay. Here's the backstory. In Portland, Oregon, there's an atheist. His name is Tim Bartholomew. Mm, there's no atheists in Portland. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, basically, his kids, Tim's kids, attend the Portland Public Schools, and they take the bus uh, on their way to school. And his kids, who are like seven-ish, seven, five-ish, um, he, they told their dad that the bus driver is always talking about Jesus, telling kids to sing songs about Jesus on the way to school. It's a public school? Public school. And if they didn't participate, I guess he has an assistant, the bus driver does, the assistant would come and sit next to them and, quote, make you feel bad if you are not singing. And so, if oh, you are this atheist children dad... children is so easy that it's not fun. So if like, you're this atheist dad... Like, bully an adult like the rest of us. <laughs> what do you do if you're the dad here? Oh, I would climb the bus and sit... <laughs> I would get on the bus and sit next to my kid and just, like, loudly not sing. Right. And make really strong eye contact. He it gave, makes people nervous. He gave them a phone. And he said... Give their kid... Oh, the kid's a phone? Uh-huh. And he said, record this happening. Yes. And by the Dad. way, I should say, there is a rule against using phones on the bus in this particular district. So mm. they are breaking the rule here, but whatever. Did they get it's a recording? It's not a First Amendment, though. It's, it's a... Right. The kids <laughs> so could I feel get like there's a some trouble. But whatever. They managed to get a recording... And he posted it to YouTube. Oh, my God. Do we um, have the recording? Can I listen? So here's the thing. Oh. I do have the recording. It Honestly, it's tough to make out. You oh. need subtitles to make sense of it. But basically, the recording does show, seem to show, the bus drivers talking about Jesus, singing these hymns, things like that with the like kids. Over the thing? It's happening. Yeah. Huh. It's, and it, all the kids are participating because a bunch of them are just like, yay, singing, whatever. Yeah. Singing's um, the best. And here's the thing. The dad did go to the school district and say, mm. this is happening. Like, do something. Um, and the school has been unresponsive to him. So then huh. this dad really went to the ACLU. And the ACLU said, you should talk to the Oregon Department of Education. Mm. And to their credit, they have taken the lead on this. And I'm reading from the Portland Mercury here. Uh, the guy, the communications director for the Portland Public Schools said, the district is aware of the complaints made against the driver. Mm. The situation is being investigated and we are unable to comment further. All right, whatever, whatever. But now the Oregon Department of Education, their communications manager said, we are aware of the allegations but cannot comment on any open or pending investigations. Then he added, under Oregon law, a public school is barred from supporting or engaging in religious activity. If the Oregon Department of Education finds that a school district has violated that statute, the repercussions are serious. Hmm. The department must immediately stop making state school fund distributions to the district 
pending the outcome of a mandatory Whoa, hearing about the behavior. Shit, the state, they take that serious. The state can withhold money from the entire district if the district does not stop the proselytizing from happening. So the investigation is happening, and we'll see what they do about it. I mean, the district has a simple solution here. Yeah. Tell the driver to stop or lose all your money. And lose a good chunk of the money. Do, they're pushing back? They, the Portland Public Schools said, we have spoken with the driver now about this on multiple occasions, but then this is the statement they made. Uh, this is to the newspaper. I'm reading from the newspaper. The district has also come up with a method for determining how to proceed with possible corrective measures. According to the email that the reporter got, the district will upload bus video footage from 10 to 15 randomly selected dates since mid-March and watch them back. If they find that the driver ever invoked religion, they will reassign him to another route. If he continues oh, to invoke religion, uh-huh. if what? he continues to invoke religion, the email said he could lose his job. Why the fuck would changing routes matter? I have no That's idea. That was my question deeply too. Confusing. How many strikes do Christians get here? Like, there's video so he, of him in the act. And Why so do he, you need the surveillance footage? And he's gotten multiple complaints. Well, he's gotten one complaint, but he's they they keep saying, we are aware of the issue. We have talked to him multiple that's what I'm times. Saying. There have been multiple uh, discussions, discussions with him, with yeah, the driver. Apparently. And, like, why would you even think about reassigning him? And it's possible that the district doesn't control his employment because they might outsource the bus company. That's thing. a good point. That's possible. However, I still don't know why I do. reassigning him to another route I just figured would it solve. Out. Yes, there go for it. There is actually a huge bus driver shortage in the country right now. A huge bus driver that shortage. That could be true, yeah. Because, no, 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 it is no, true. No, no, no. I'm not saying the, you're right about the bus driver shortage. It that could, could be. be the reason they just would reassign him yeah, and put another that, kid here. I, I guarantee but that wouldn't you they stop just the don't problem. have it. No, of course it wouldn't, but I'm just in their head. Right. They don't have any way to replace this guy with. So here's the question then. If this were a Muslim, a Satanist, doing what he's doing, do you think they would reassign his route or would they fire him or find a way to get him fired? Don't ask condescending questions Yeah, exactly. I don't want to appreciate that. Meanwhile, in the meantime, the atheist dad, uh, Tim Bartholomew, he says he doesn't feel safe putting his girls on the bus, so Hmm. he's driving them to school himself, Hmm. um, which I don't know what that does with his work or something like that. Um, He told the newspaper he's not trying to get the driver fired. He just wants the driver to do his job, which is Yeah, all the driver has to do is not that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I should say, in 2014, I was looking back for this. In 2014, there was a bus driver in Minnesota who was caught inviting kids to pray with him on his route. Yikes. He was fired. But then in 2018, working for a different school district because he got a new job as a bus same driver same. elsewhere, he was caught doing the exact same thing. That's the whole point. Like, that driver could not be trusted to do his job. He cared more about forcing his faith on kids than getting them to school on time while obeying the law. And this driver seems to be in the same boat because I don't know if he stopped doing this thing. I am shocked that a person can get fired for doing a thing and not learn that lesson at all. Like, how... Like, he saw the... I mean, this person who... Like, whatever. In Minnesota. Yeah, this person in Minnesota who got fired and then started doing, you know, got a new job, mm-hmm. did the exact same thing. Like, how fucking hard is it is just to not? Like, Mrs. Higgins was bus three <laughs> bus driver, and the only thing she did was turn on the lights when we got too loud. Like, right? we weren't close personal they friends. They weren't asking him to not be Christian. They were asking him to do your job while you're on the clock. 
your kids aren't your projects. Yeah, that's wildly inappropriate. Yeah. So kudos really to the mad. dad. I, I will say, I don't know if the kids have gotten in trouble for the phone thing. I'm very curious if the district will try that to go after That does feel them. like that kind of thing of like, well, you shouldn't have had a phone yeah. in the first place. And that's why your murder video doesn't count. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, yeah. You, bro- you also broke a rule, so we're all criminals here. We're all sinners. <laughs> Fuck these people. One last story for you here. Um, I And I have to say, like, we've talked about this guy before, Sean Foyt. He is the guy who, he's a Christian singer who, during the pandemic, would hold giant concerts that became super yeah. spreader events. No masks ever. Um, and then he just became a conspiracy theorist slash Christian nationalist, just spreading whatever bullshit he could find. Mm. He wrote an article um, for Charisma, the the Christian crazy news outlet, where basically he confessed, I think, to being a Christian nationalist and basically saying we ought to embrace that. And I want to read to you some of the things he said. We have seen a clear unveiling of the secular progressive agenda over America, abortion on demand up until the moment of birth, the normalization of pedophilia and child sexualization and the castration of perfectly healthy children in the name of gender-affirming care. This, the fruit of anti-Christian leaders employing and legislating dark agendas over our nation. It's really upsetting me. It's my evil fingers. Yeah. And then he says, (laughs) "It it is not controversial for us to boldly declare that we want Christians to be writing the laws of the land according to the word of God. What was the first? It's not what? It's, it's not-, not controversial. Oh, well. Basically saying we should be Christian nationalists. Our country would be better if only Christians and not Muslims and not brown people and not those other people were writing our laws. Do they want the rest laws. of us to leave or do they want the rest of us to convert? Convert, submit. Oh. Either or. He wants a theocracy, and he what what's unsaid in his piece is who would suffer at the hands of his Christian. Oh, no, ruling he mentioned class. all of them. Yeah, children. <laughs> yeah, children. People who Queer don't people, agree with him. Yeah, like there like, would. Be, and by the way, there would be no room in his theocratic country for progressive Christians either. Mm. They would be heretics, maybe even more so than us. Oh, and he doesn't I, see them as real Christians. Well, and I hope that if a baby is born uh, intersex, they do the really cool thing that they used to, which is just. Look around the room and be like, boy or girl, boy or girl, girl. Okay. <laughs> Someone snip. pop the balloon, show me what the gender reveal says. It's I'm true. Done. Like, that's what they used to do. They'd be like, okay, well, it's not clear. So, vagina, I guess. Snip, <laughs> snip, 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 snip. And then, like, all of a sudden, that kid is not feeling so feminine. And it's like, what? Why? We just literally cut off your penis when you were born or and whatever. Here's the thing. This I, is not, think I got that right. <laughs> this is not Foyt's first time doing this. He's been saying this stuff at events over and over, saying he's proud to be a Christian nationalist. He said, um, during one rally in front of the Texas state capitol, he said, we want believers in this building writing the laws of this land. This is a biblical belief that every Christian should believe. Wait, why are we talking about this guy? This is all stuff we know about already. Because he does all the Christian right-wing crazy rallies. Um, Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that conspiracist, was selling shirts, remember, uh, last year, saying, proud Christian nationalist. On the shirt, she was selling those. And... Um, a Politico uh, survey last year uh, found that 61% of Republicans said they favored declaring the U.S. a Christian nation. 
Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Like, this is not a bad apple or two. This is not me saying, look at this crazy guy no, who represents no, no, no. nobody. It's a universal. This is the party. Point of view. This is the this is conservative Christianity for you. I mean, truly, it's conservatism and religiosity everywhere. It is the exact same pattern we see in the Catholic Church, right? Of like the status quo has to be protected and everything else submits to that. Like these people are so fucking insidious. And and I think they don't. I think they have kind of a sociopathic or psychopathic tendency of, like, not believing that we, you and I, as, like, atheists or, like, queer people or trans people have, like, inner lives and inner thoughts and experiences that shape who we are. Do you, does that make sense to you? Like, I just think they think that we There's are There's no like, respect for people who might disagree with them on anything. That's exactly right. And the other thing is the... Oh, boy. Um, have you heard of, like, the NPC thing that, like right-wing dirtbags on the internet do. Do you know what an NPC is? Go on. An NPC is in a video game or a D&D campaign where it's a non-playable character. Oh. Um, and you see, uh, there was a trend for a while of like like white nationalists referring to sort of the rest of us as NPCs. Uh-huh. Which... Shouldn't have any control over anything here. Right, just, exactly. Like It just denies our humanity in a way of like... The same way calling people sheep does. It's just denying your humanity in any point of view that you have. And these people are idiots. Like, truly, they're so they are fucking theocrats. dumb, I can barely breathe. They are theocrats who claim to be patriots while torching the Constitution. These are people who look at what's happening in, like, Islamic nations. And instead of being horrified, they're like, I'm jealous. Mm. And the thing is, their religious delusions should be countered and criticized by decent people. And and by the way, many Christians do. Good Mm. for them. But there are plenty of Christian pastors in megachurches and beyond who are horrified by this, but they're so cowardly to speak out against this because they're afraid they will push people out of their church. And that's not helping at all. Like they're letting people like Foyt hijack, Foyt, by the way, if you forget his name rhymes with exploit. Yeah. They're letting people like him hijack their faith for political ends. Do you think that it is that they are letting him do this, that they're cowardly? You said they're kind of cowardly. Or do you think these are people who... uh, I think a lot of people who are brought up as, like, hardcore Christians as really authoritative. Not necessarily, that's not the right word, but, like, they appeal to authority, right? Like, whoever is higher... Like, military ranking, all of that Mm -hmm. shit is, like, it's top-down. Whoever above me says the thing goes. And I wonder, being raised Christian, it's very much that saying, Jesus said this, God said that, and you do it. You don't question, you you don't get to... So you like it when someone's authoritative. You kind of are drawn to that. And the thing is, during the Trump administration, reporters asked a lot of these pastors, like, that guy doesn't... Whatever he says, he believes. He doesn't live out any of the things you preach, so you're going to speak out against that. And it's not an endorsement or endorsement of the opposite side. Just like, you're going to speak out against that, right? Right, that this doesn't represent us as Christians. And of course, most of them are like, if I did that, I would lose my church as if... Sucks to suck. Yeah, sucks to be you. Do it anyway. What good are you as a leader if you can't speak out when a guy who's basically... And one of them, I remember them saying like, or maybe they said it to uh, a reporter somewhere else. They're like, I get them for one hour a week 
Tucker gets them mm. the rest of the day, mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm out of competition. But the thing is, like, what good are you as a pastor this if you can't saying. speak out against something that is objectively wrong, immoral, evil? That's what you're supposed to be doing. It feels to me very similar to when politicians kind of pull that same thing of like, oh, I know this thing is wrong, but I'm afraid I'm going to take a dip in the polls if I mm-hmm. say anything about it. Like, it's so... I can't criticize Donald Trump because I will lose exactly. his base. And, like, that is what cowardice is. Like, I believe... Like, I I, I think we've talked about politicians on here that, like, they did this thing. They're probably going to get booted the fuck out of office next election cycle, but they did the thing. They stood by their principle. And, like, mm-hmm. any individual representative especially on the local level, should feel, you know, and I I would think church people would think the same thing. You should feel a sense of responsibility and ownership of what you're doing. But if you're only doing this in service of being able to still do this tomorrow, then what the fuck is the point? You're just staying in the job for the paycheck. You're just looking for job security? Like, it's so cynical. I know I keep saying that and, today. Or, and if it is job security, then just say that. Truly. I just need my job so I'm a coward and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, okay, respect to you. I get why you would stick in your job for that. I wish that mm-hmm. wasn't the case. I wish there was a path out for you. But also, it doesn't help if you're saying like, everything about the church is great except yeah. you know, half my congregation uh, believes in crazy conspiracy theories, then maybe that's on you. And they're too cowardly to push back against it because these people are so loud and what angry. What are you all doing in small group? Like, what the <laughs> hell? I just, it, it really is, ca- like, I have done things that I believed were right at the time and whether or not there are consequences, understood that consequences could have been losing my job or or losing some sort of position but if something is happening that's wrong, you it's your responsibility as a human being to try to fix it. Like, we are all in this thing together. The last thing we need is just to hear from authorities and them being like, yeah, well, this sucks, but keep doing that and don't do that. And we're like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> no, we need to push back. Like, this is, it's a democracy still. We're allowed to speak back to power. These fucking cowards. Yep. Do something brave this week, gang. <laughs> That's <laughs> Be all better I got. Than them. That's all I got. Um, before we go on June 3rd, I think that's Saturday, June 3rd, my husband, Mikey, and my dog, Dottie, and I are going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, we have a reservation at Unleashed Hounds and Hops in downtown Minneapolis at 5 p.m. I do think you need, it's like a dog park slash bar. And so I know you need reservations. I'm not sure if you don't have a dog, what that looks like. But we're going to be there at 5. Um, and so if you are around, I would uh, love to see you and hang out and say hi. And you can meet my dog. Um, quickly, I want to go through my bonus. Oh, wait. Uh, do you have any? Um, oh, do you? Oh, we're gonna talk about where you're going. I no, I'm not telling anyone where I'm going. <laughs> I'm going away yeah. for several days. I'll talk about that in the bonus episode. And honestly, I don't want to see any of you. I hope you have a lovely. I mean, weekend, I'm the only though. one you can see, which yeah. feels pointed. I will talk about why I'm doing that though in the bonus. I also want to talk about crosswords. Oh, bonus. more crosswords. Good stuff? times. Okay. Um, you know where to find me, Hemet Meta, on Twitter. Okay. You can uh, support our show by going to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Mm-hmm. You can always email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. What else um, are we talking about oh, in the yeah. bonus? Um, 
I watched the worst movie of all time. It's called Moonfall, and I'm still mad that it exists. Okay. Um, I am watching the show Interview with the Vampire, and I have opinions about it. Did not know that was a show. Um, another show I want to talk about, uh, a true crime show that I got so mad about. And then we did not talk about Biden's little clapback against uh, the White House uh, reporters. Do you remember? No. Did you see that when somebody was like, well, what do you think of the things that are they're going to lose in the bill? Or like they're going to eliminate in the bill. And Biden's like, well, what are they going to do? And she's like, well, they're going to eliminate a lot of things. What's a thing? Name a thing. And she's like, well, it just says they're eliminating a lot of things. He's like, can you name one thing? She goes, no. He goes, that's the problem. Hmm. And it was outstanding. I didn't really tell it I well. I do appreciate when anyone in the White House... Mm like takes those right wing talking points and mm-hmm. just asks for specifics. Yeah, and and, it, and he even said like I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here. Like right. I am asking you, can you name anything? And if mm-hmm. you can't, do you see why we're in this position now? It we was We already m- talked about this so we won't talk about it in the bonus. Okay. <laughs> all right, that's all I have. All right, we'll, we'll see, see you weeks. in a couple weeks. Next week because uh, I'm disappearing off the face of the earth, I have a wonderful interview. I just did it this morning. I think you will appreciate it. It's from someone who was heavily involved with Campus Crusade for Christ and then walked away from it and has a lot to say about what they do in that organization. You will hear that interview next week, and then Jess and I will be back the week after that. See you then. Bye. Bye.